Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we did not screw up. We, our trees are up for a reason. We celebrate the 12 days of Christmas. We're in the midst of the Christmas season. And if you were following as we read the passage from John, you might find it rather kind of weird. Um, John, this is the beginning of John's gospel, and John does not have a birth account at all. So all those stories that we read about Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, about the, the baby in the major and the shepherds in the field by night and the men from the east who come before Jesus, that is not found in the gospel of John at all. And I've kind of liked that. That is found in the other Gospels. Um, But what I do like about that is during this season of Christmas, when we think about shepherds and men from the East and little babies, sometimes we tend to sentimentalize this story. We make it cute, and so it's easily dismissed, or it's for children in their pageants, but nothing serious. Um, But that is not the case at all. And John kind of reiterates why the shepherds and the wise men and the little baby are actually very important, but you were so used to it that you might miss it. So what then is John doing? Why is John beginning in this way? Well, if you're following along, you'll see that he begins by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what is in the beginning supposed to make you think about? What does that hearken you back to? Where else in the Bible does a book begin with in the beginning? the very beginning, in Genesis. John is doing this on purpose. People know their Bibles back then. They know, oh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Here, in the beginning, was the Word. And if you read along, you come to see that John is saying that all that was created, all that came into being, came into being through this Word. Now, what does the Word mean? Word, capital W, Word. It means, it's the Greek word for logos, Uh, It can mean the reason of God or the orderliness of God. I don't want to touch too much on that. But what this text is saying is that the word of God, who was with God in the beginning, who created all that is, that same word, that same part of God, that, that God, became a helpless human being on the margins of society in the midst of an occupied people group. As Jim and Rose said last week, Jesus did not come to the Ritz-Carlton. If you know anything about Bethlehem, this is what good can come from Bethlehem. That's in scripture too, but even beyond that, this is a, a people group that was taken over, essentially occupied by the Roman government. If I was God, I would, you know, go to the Ritz-Carlton. I'd shoot it from the mountaintops. But here, God in the word becomes human, becomes helpless, becomes one of us, like that old pop song said, just a slob like one of us, maybe not a slob, I don't know. But this is what John is doing. What John is doing is saying, you remember creation. Here, I'm talking about new creation. A new creation, it's not that the word was created, right? We just heard the word was with God at the beginning. The word at a certain time takes on flesh. But what John is talking about, what 
the Word, or Jesus, came to do, and that was to bring about new creation. In the place of occupation, these same people of God had centuries earlier experienced exile. They had felt clean, cut off from their homeland. They had been brought back, and all that seemed so great, but now here they are once again occupied by this kind of hated foreign force, and it seems like all roads are cut off, that darkness is their only companion. And what John is saying, that in the word, in this Christ child, in an out-of-the-way place, an occupied people, light has burst forth. New creation begins there. So what does this mean? Well, we celebrate the light bursting forth into the darkness. And if you were here at all for Fleming Rutledge's talks, she was so insistent that we don't rush to Christmas, that we celebrate or commemorate Advent, get used to the dark, not just out there. And there's been a lot of darkness this year, and there will probably continue to be. But there's also a lot of darkness in here. And every once in a while, we catch a glimpse of that in the mirror. It's the part of ourselves that we don't like, the parts that we pretend don't really exist. And it is in those very places where we feel clean cut off, where it seems like there is just no way out of this dead end, whether in society at large or in ourselves in particular, and that is exactly where God bursts forth his light. And he does it suddenly, right? He does it in this way, in a humble, vulnerable way, Again, on the margins, it is in that very place where God makes a way where there was no way. That is what God did at the beginning, right? In the beginning, there is nothing. And God brings forth creation. Here again, at what seems like the chaos has come over us again. All there is is darkness. As the psalmist says, darkness seems to be our only companion, and that must have been what it felt like for the people of God. The light bursts forth. And what does the light bring? The light brings life. And as we read further in John, it is life abundant. Now this is all nice, right? In the beginning, God made a way where there was no way, created all that is. And here, 2,000 years ago, God made a way where there is no way in the birth and life and death resurrection of his son. But my friends, the reason we can't just think about it as a cute sentimental story is that we are become tempted to think that this is a God who is not living, who no longer makes a way where there is no way. But the message of the scriptures and the message of the church throughout the ages has been that we serve the living God who continues to make a way where there is no way. A couple weeks ago at Jazz Vespers, we had a special kind of Christmas service and we sang a bunch of African-American spirituals and like the people of Israel 2,000 years ago, these were people in slavery writing these Songs, they were oppressed on the margins. And they're singing these songs, and a lot of these songs come out of a real depth of pain and despair. And others are just rejoicing. And I, you know, I stub my toe, and I 
say, why God, why, let alone rejoicing in the midst of sorrow and sadness. And if you're familiar at all with the history behind the civil rights movement, a lot of it was led by black pastors who kind of mined those songs, kind of gave an identity in the midst of the protests. And if you're familiar with a civil rights activist by the name of Andrew Young, he has a memoir, and it's called the theme of this sermon, A Way Out of No Way. And he talks about how when they were kind of lining up and protesting and trying to get rid of the, <laughs> trying to like make it so people wouldn't get lynched. This is the 1960s and people are still getting lynched. Black people and people of color. And he said there really, was, it felt like the way was clean cut off. It felt like there was no way, but we found that God just continued to make a way out of no way. Where those roads were cut off, God broke those down, those barriers down. Andrew Young says that he witnessed new creation. And that is what John is getting at. And that was in, it was in the 20th century. But for you and me, people, and now that December 25th is behind us, again, for us, Christmas isn't over, but this is about the time when Jake, Jay, Jim, and I get a lot of calls, and we want to call other people because it's dark, it's dreary, the Christmas lights are coming down, we have this Wisconsin-style cold that I was talking about. But even beyond the jokes, it's times like this when, for a lot of people, depression really sets in. For a lot of us, this is some of the darkest moments in our life. And I'm not trying to just talk about, oh, the, the, the cycles of the, the seasons or anything like that. But what John is saying is that we serve the God who is living. And this God who made a way out of no way in the past continues to do that even now. And this God does this in society at large, but also does that in us. So I don't know what you came here today with, what baggage, what joys, but whether you're down and out and you feel like there is no way forward, you feel like you've been clear cut off, or if you're rejoicing in the season and you're just having a ball, remember, we serve the living God and this God is the one who makes a way where there appears to be no way. And thanks be to God for that. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.